Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. It's good to share this time of worship with you. It's good to have the family of Christ to join together and worship the Lord with one another. We welcome our guests today. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and welcome you and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God this morning. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, Just put your name and address, phone number, and especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, be sure to put your email address on there, and and, uh, we will get you on the list to do that. It's a great way to to, uh, keep up with the activities here at Community Baptist Church. And boy, do we have some activities here at Community Baptist Church. We're kind of in a really busy time right now, And uh, I'd like to call to your attention uh, to to some of those activities. First of all, the bulletin announced that the mission team and worship team will be meeting today. We're going to push that off till next Sunday. So that will not be meeting if you're part of the missions team or the worship team. We're not going to be meeting today. We're going to meet next Sunday instead. However, this evening at 5 o'clock, we will be having the first of our series of, um, of movie nights. Uh, and that will meet right upstairs, right above me in the youth room. And the movie for tonight is incredibly loud and extremely close. And then there will be a short discussion afterwards to, to basically talk about where do you see God in this movie. And um, also coming up is, uh, well, actually it's here right now, and I see that you are really being faithful. We are collecting coats and sweaters and warm clothes for the homeless, you see that pile over there? Blankets, scarves, caps, gloves. See that pile? Good job, folks. Good job. We will be collecting those through next week, through next Sunday. So if you have some coats or blankets or caps or, or something that you would like to donate, please bring them and just add it to the pile, and we will deliver those uh, the week after. Uh, but speaking of our ministry to the homeless, we will be uh, feeding, uh, uh, preparing and feeding a meal uh, for the homeless on February the 27th. Is that a Tuesday? That's a Tuesday. Uh, January. Did I say February? January 27th. So it's coming up in just a little over a week. And um, that will be at the King's Kitchen down on Water Street and at 3 o'clock. So we could use some help with some servers and some uh, people to prepare the meals. And if you would like to do that, please see somebody on the uh, missions team, uh, uh, Christine or, or Jerry. I think you're, are you helping with this at all? Jerry's not helping with this. See Christine. Jika. Jika. I'm sorry? Okay. See, if you would like to, to serve, uh, see Jika, and she'll line you up for that. Uh, also, on Wednesday, we are... Uh, continuing a study that we started a couple of weeks ago on discovering your spiritual gifts. Uh, This week the topic will be gifts and serving. And uh, that's Wednesday. We'll have uh, dinner at 545 and then the Bible study will start at 630. Now I think Sybil has an announcement that she would like to make. As most of you already probably know, uh, we have had an air conditioning unit go out a few months ago. <coughs> Excuse me. It's the air conditioning unit that cools the kitchen and the children's wing. Um, 
and we are looking at trying to replace that air conditioner in May. We've, the trustees have taken bids from several heating and air conditioning companies around town, um, and we settled with TNG to replace the unit. However, we need some funds to be able to pay for that unit. So we are hoping between now and May we are starting an air conditioning fund. And we are hoping that um, between now and May you can help by contributing over and above your regular tithes and offerings because we need money still to run the church. But it's refund season, guys. So <laughs> if, if you have uh, something you... If you're getting a tax refund and you're looking for some place to use that money, uh, the cost for the air conditioning unit will be approximately $8,000. And like I said, it won't, we won't be looking at putting that in until May, but we are hoping that between now and May we can raise most of the money, at least, to cover the cost of that unit. So if you are able to give, any amount is greatly appreciated. If you would note on your um, offering envelope or in the memo section of your check, AC fund, air conditioning fund, um, then Dottie will set that aside to a separate fund restricted to be used only for the purchase of that air conditioner. Thanks. Good. Thank you, Sybil. Uh, now, I, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to be, see, I got your attention, didn't I? I saw, I, I, your heads went up. See, I'm preaching about listening today, and I saw that, I'm going to use that more often. I, I got your attention there. I, I, I'm going to do something a little bit different by preaching a little during the announcement time, because this is kind of a combination sermonette announcement. Tomorrow is a holiday honoring Martin Luther King Jr. And I hope that you will recognize the contribution that Dr. King made on the soul of our nation. And I know that it is easy to forget the contributions that he made because some of you may think that things are just fine regarding race relations. And I must say that they are much better than they were when Dr. King was alive, but they are not fine. Uh, I've been going through some old letters from my relatives, many of them from the 1940s and 50s and 60s, and they make reference to some of the things that were going on back in those days. And quite frankly, there were some comments made in those late letters that were uh, sometimes subtly and sometimes not so subtly racist. I was a young boy when the civil rights movement was in full swing. And I remember the days of, of integration, and I remember the turmoil that took place and the struggle to make things right for a whole segment of our society. It's hard for a nation to be made aware of its sins and be called to repentance. And usually that takes place with much internal and sometimes external struggle. But folks, I am so glad that we live in a society today where my children can know and love and embrace people of different races and judge them not on the basis of the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. 
In some ways, Martin Luther King's dream has come true, at least partially. And I look forward to the day when the beloved community, as he called it, or the kingdom of God, as Jesus called it, becomes a reality. Now, some people would say that the work that Dr. King did was for black people, but that's not true. What Dr. King did was for all people. His goal was to save the soul of a nation, and so we all have a stake in what he did. I spoke with Joan Hoffman a couple of days ago, and she was talking about the march and the the service that will take place this afternoon to honor Dr. Martin Luther King. And she said that she has attended that event every year since she was mayor of Henderson. And that was a, that was a long time ago. That was before I got here, 10 years ago. And, and she said that in all of that time, most of the time, she has been the only white person in attendance. I'm going to be at that march this afternoon and that worship service this afternoon. And I want to invite you to come as well. Starts at 3.15, gathering at the corner of Adams and Washington Streets. And the service will be at the Greater Norris Chapel Baptist Church immediately after that. Now, some of you may say, well, I don't want to be a part of a protest march. Well, this is not a protest march. That has nothing to do with anything. This is a march to honor a man who loved our nation, who loved it enough to stand up and point out its flaws so that we might change. Kind of like Jesus did. And also like Jesus, it cost him his life. That man deserves to be honored. I hope to see you there. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
Let us pray together. Creator of the most delicate eggshell and the most brilliant butterfly, you let each seed drop through your fingers to flower the earth and paint every feather with the finest strokes of your brush. You fill the earth with stones and seashells and herbs and pine cones by the billions each a wonder of design. Your attention to detail in nature astounds us. And yet, you care most of all for your children. The particularity of your love amazes us. You would turn over a rock to find us. You would search for us like a child looking for a four-leaf clover. You delight in our presence just as we are delighted when we see daffodils poking their heads up through the frozen earth. You, leave, you love each of us without measure, and you hurt with each of us without measure. O Creator God, may those who are hurting know the grace of your healing love in the particular ways that give them strength. Only you fully know their needs, and so we trust that you will hold each one in your hands as gently as you held them as children and let them rest in your arms. Give each one a glimpse of light, even in the night of deepest pain, 
Give each one the touch that calms and reassures. Give each one a memory every day to bring joy. And give each one a word of strength and hope. Oh God, we cannot give all of these things like you can, but each day we can offer one particular thing to one person. However you see fit, oh God, use us as bearers of your grace to the one we see right in front of us. And through prayer to those who are miles away. In the name of the one who calls us, we pray. Amen. I'm not Allie. Allie's got the creepy crud, so I'm going to stand in for her. Before we do the responsive reading, I'm going to put my Christian Outreach hat on just a second and just so, so appreciative of Tuesday's great turnout. Special thanks to Jerry Wagner for coordinating the food, but there were so many people that came in and worked from this church. Um, As you all know, we started our third initiative this past Tuesday, Senior Service Day, We had new volunteers. We had new churches come out. Of course, our family, our church family here uh, just outdid themselves once again. I had, I was beaming. I had so many people come up to me and say, this is the most welcoming church. And I, you know, I knew it, but now a lot of other senior citizens know it. So for that, thank you all very, very much. Now, please join me in the responsive reading. And today it's titled, Listen. In the quiet of the night, <coughs> we will listen for God. In the silence of the moment, we will listen for God. Like Elijah, who listened after the hurricane, we will listen for God. Like David on the roof of the palace, we will listen for God. Like Samuel lying awake in bed, we will listen for God. When we laugh, Or when we pray, we will listen for God. When we hear music or the tears of children, we will listen for God. When our own lives are in trouble, we will listen for God. When there is no one else to turn to, we will listen for God. Let us listen and hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. First Samuel three, three through ten. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed for him. 
The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
There you go. Okay. All right. Good morning. Let's everybody over there. <laughs> Come up here. Come up here. Come here. I have a task. I have a task for you all this morning. I have a, a, a task for you to do. Okay. If everybody can see, I have I have my little name tag on that everybody can see see my name. So what I want you all to do is I'm going to give you one and a marker, and I want you to write your name and put your name tag on so everybody will know who everybody is real quick. Here you go. Well, you can have an extra in case you mess up. Okay? Take a marker and pass it around. And I'll be, um, as you're doing that, I'm going to talk to you in just a minute. Now, while we're doing this, it's because names are very, very important. Now, when you start school, your first day of school, how, how, what are some ways your teacher gets to know your name? How do they do that? You raise your hand and tell them. How do you do that? You write it on your paper. What else? Yes. Name tags. You wear these little name tags. You, you wear these for a long time at the beginning of the school, or you have your names on your desk. Do any of you put your names, you have your names on your desk? That's because the teacher understands that your name is very important to you. Everybody wants to know, um, one, it's important to you to have your name, that everybody knows your name. Now, do we think God knows their name? Yeah, we know that God knows their name, right? So you can wear these name tags so everybody will know your name. Now, God knows their names. And just like the um, uh, scripture that Ms. Jika read, um, God knew Samuel's name. Samuel just didn't understand that that was God that was calling to him. Um, So it's very important that you listen for God's voice. Now, sometimes it's hard to recognize that it's God's voice that's calling to us. What are some ways that we know that it's God talking to us? Does anybody know? What, what about if we're getting ready to do something we think maybe not be right? What happens? you got a conscience, Sydney. That's exactly right. Your conscience says, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. That's God's voice talking to us. You hear that sometimes? (laughs) I hear that sometimes, too. (laughs) So it's important that we recognize that and listen to that. Oh, you can't. Somebody give him a... Here you go. Anybody else know a way that we might hear God? Excellent, Sydney. You're listening to God through prayer, she said. And God's talking to her through prayer, and she's hearing him. Excellent, excellent way. Outstanding. So um, what we want to do is very, uh, be very aware and listen for God. And when we hear him calling, just like Samuel did, say, here I am, and follow him. Okay? So can we have just a word of prayer? Dear Father, today we are listening for your call. Perhaps you have something special for us to do. When you call, we will answer, here I am. Amen. Thank you all.
Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the many, many blessings that you have given us, for the healing that you have done for Allie. Please continue to help her through this. We know we all have been blessed much more than we can give back to you. But as we give these offerings today, my prayer is that they are given with good hearts and that you will bless these offerings and use them for the furtherance of your kingdom and bless the people that give them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
And all God's people said, Amen. We are one. And I am so glad that we are one in the Spirit of Christ. A New York columnist set out to prove that no one really listens to what other people say at a cocktail party. He says that when he is invited to a party like that, he always arrives late. And when he arrived late for one such party, the hostess greeted him at the door and he explained why he was late. He said, I had to stop along the way and murder my mistress and it took longer than I thought it was going to take. (laughs) And without blinking an eye, the hostess said, oh, I understand perfectly. I was almost late myself. Enjoy yourself. Have a great time. (laughs) She wasn't listening. Well, as the columnist mingled around the party, someone asked him what he did for a living, and he said, oh, I'm the executioner at the state penitentiary. And the person, without any reaction at all, said, well, that must be interesting. How's business this year? (laughs) Nope. Nobody's listening. Even to people who are important to us. A young woman tells of a time when her father went to London, England, and he called her on the phone one evening just to check up on her and And the phone line had some static on it. And for the life of her, she says that she didn't recognize his voice. She heard the person saying something like, Hey, hon, is everything okay? And she responded positively, but she had no idea who she was talking to. Well, her grandmother, with whom she was staying, was close by, and she saw the puzzled look on her granddaughter's face. And she asked, What's wrong? And and the granddaughter said, Somebody just called checking up on me, but I have no idea who it was. And so her her grandmother asked if it was a male, and she said yes. And then her grandmother asked what the person's exact words were, and her grandmother said, when when she told told her what the words were, her grandmother said, that's your father. Don't you even recognize your own father's voice, even if there's static on the line? Well, I suspect that all of us have been stumped at times, at some time or another, when someone has called us on the phone and did not identify themselves. It's happened to us. It happens to me a lot. If you call me, please tell me who you are. (laughs) But something similar happened to a young boy named Samuel. It wasn't a phone call, though. He simply heard a voice in the night. He was living in the temple at Shiloh, and it was late at night. The writer of Samuel, 1 Samuel tells us that the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and this is a reference to the fact that the only light in the temple at that time was a candle hanging high up near the ceiling, and it was still burning, but it was obvious that it was near the point when it would burn out. But late at night, Samuel heard a voice, which we will later learn was the voice of God. You will recall that Samuel was in the temple because of a promise that his mother made to God. Hannah, his mother, was one of two wives of a man named Elkanah. And it's a situation that seems to occur often in the Old Testament. The other wife named Panina seemed to be prolific at having babies. But Hannah couldn't seem to get pregnant. And Panina taunted Hannah mercilessly about this. And so Hannah would weep and pray that God would give her a child. Her husband, Elkanah, reassured her. He would say, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? 
that didn't satisfy her. They felt that his reassurances fell on deaf ears. And so one day Hannah went to the temple in Shiloh. And she was on her knees praying fervently for a child. And and it was then that she made a promise to God. Lord, if you will give me a son, I will give him back to you. Well, she was moving her lips without making any sound as she prayed. And the priest there, Eli, was watching her pray so passionately, moving her lips but making no sound. And he thought, well, she must be drunk. And so he said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put your wine away. But Hannah replied, no, sir, I am a woman who is deeply troubled and I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. I have been praying here out of the anguish of my soul. And Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then the writer says she went her way. And her face was no longer downcast. Well, the Lord did give Hannah the desire of her heart. They named him Samuel, which means I begged from the Lord. And after he was weaned, Hannah placed Samuel under the care of the elderly priest, Levi, I mean Levi, Eli, at the temple of Shiloh to fulfill the promise that she had made to the Lord. And now, at the time of our scripture reading for today, it is some years later, Samuel was probably somewhere around 11 or 12 years old, and he's lying on his bed in the house of the Lord. It's late at night when he hears a voice calling to him. Well, naturally, Samuel thought the voice belonged to Eli. You can imagine that Eli, who was almost blind by now, would call on Samuel quite often to get things for him or to help him as he grew older and weaker And so Samuel ran to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, I didn't call you, go back and lay down. So he went back to his bed. Again the voice called, Samuel. Now if this was some of us, we would either probably either be frightened or or very upset because we don't like to be bothered when we're asleep. But Samuel got up and went to Eli again. And said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, my son, I did not call you, go back and lie down. And then the writer explains a key component to this story. He says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And that's interesting to me. uh, And it might suggest something about Eli's um, service as a priest. Because here Samuel was under his direct tutelage nearly all of his young life. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And we're also told that Eli's sons were scoundrels. But here the third time the voice called. Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And Eli realized that Samuel was not hearing him speak but he was hearing the voice of the Lord calling and so Eli told Samuel to go back and lie down and if he calls you again say speak Lord for your servant is listening so Samuel went 
and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel. And this time Samuel answered, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is a beautiful story that many of us learned as children. And it's an important story. You see, Samuel would later become a judge of Israel and one of the most important prophets. In fact, he was the last of Israel's judges and the first of Israel's prophets. Remember, it was Samuel who anointed both King Saul and King David to be kings. And so he had an important role to play in the Old Testament. And he played that role because of his mother's promise and because of his own openness to the voice of God. So what does this mean for you and me today? Well, first of all, it reminds us of the importance of listening. Especially listening to God. Now, most of us will not be hearing mysterious voices in the night. At least I hope not. I I, I did read recently, though, that research indicates that hearing voices is not all that unusual. Estimates suggest that more than half of the normal population have heard strange voices at some time or another, while about 4% hear voices on a regular basis. (laughs) Mental health professionals usually define hearing voices as a symptom of a medical illness, and I would suggest that if if it happens to you, you consult a, a medical professional. However, many people who hear voices are able to live with them and, and may consider them to be a positive part of their lives. How many of you have ever, have ever seen the, the TV program per, Perception that's been, been on recently the past, uh, past few months, I think? The main character in this TV program is a, a college professor and he's schizophrenic. He hears voices and sees people who are not there. And sometimes he also is a consultant for the FBI. And sometimes these voices help him solve crimes. So some people may hear voices, but they don't find them to be a problem. Now you may think uh, you've never experienced anything like that. But are you sure? You may have had the experience of hearing someone call your name only to find that there was no one there. And research tells us that especially for, for recently bereaved people, it's not uncommon to hear the voice of someone that they love after they have died. And so hearing voices does not necessarily mean that you've got problems, though it certainly can, especially if those voices tell you to do something violent. But that being said, I think it's important to note that when God speaks... It is rarely in an audible voice. You may remember the story in 1 Kings about the prophet Elijah who was told by the Lord to go and wait on the mountaintop and to hear his voice. And and then as he was sitting on that mountaintop, a great powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire came a gentle whisper. 
And the voice of God was in that whisper. God sometimes speaks to us through that gentle whisper. In fact, God generally speaks to us in in the quietness of our hearts. Rabbi Bert Visotsky in Bill Moyer's PBS discussion on Genesis at one point said, you know, I'm actually surprised to be surrounded by people who so readily hear voices as I read the scriptures. I am, pray, I am a praying Jew, he says, so I talk to God all the time, but I don't usually hear answers. It's, it's a much more subtle process with me. God may tell Abraham and Sarah to get up and go and change everything about their lives, but nobody ever says that to me. If I hear God at all, it's somewhere between the lines of a page I've been studying for hours when I'm reading the Torah. And all I ever hear is usually, Bert, turn the page. (laughs) And that's the way it is for most of us. Most often, God speaks to us without words. God sometimes uses our life experiences to speak to us. God speaks to us in the silence of our own thoughts after a time of laying out our needs and concerns before God. That's the importance of prayer. We come before God with our needs, with our concerns. But you know what? God already knows those. God knows those concerns before we even say them, but still it is important that we bring them to the Lord. And then then it is important for us to pause and wait for a few moments to see if God has something to say to us. Remember, God has concerns too. They may be concerns about how we're living our lives. It may be about someone in our family who needs our attention or it may be about something that needs to be done in our our church or in our community. Give God a chance to speak. Take time in your prayer life to listen. It's important to listen to the voice of God. But it is also important that we take time to listen to one another particularly in the family. Mark Merrill writes about family relationships, and he was writing recently about multitasking. He says multitasking can be a good thing, but when it comes to relationships, maybe not so good. He said that he was recently sitting in his family room, and he asked his daughter a question about a friend of hers, and without even looking up at him, she gave him a one-word answer and then started doing something else. He then asked if she was listening, listening to him, and she said, yes, Daddy, I'm just multitasking. He explained to her that he felt unimportant to her when she did not give him her full attention when they were talking. And then he said, hmm, I wonder how many times I've done that to her. We all know what he's talking about. We rarely give each other our full attention. Two men were talking over coffee one day, and one of them said, I'm, I'm really concerned about my wife. She talks to herself a lot these days. And the other one said, well, mine does too, but she doesn't know it. She thinks I'm listening. <laughs> 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 
And I don't think I have to, I don't think it'd be any surprise if I said that the biggest complaint that most wives have about their husbands is that he doesn't listen to me. Guys, it's important when someone is speaking to us, particularly someone that we love, that we look them in the eyes and as a signal that we are giving them our full attention. Barbara Robert Pines compared it to a catcher on a baseball team. You see, a catcher, catchers rivet their attention on the pitcher. The pitcher is the absolute center of everything for a catcher. And heaven help the team if the catcher gets bored by his own moment of inactivity and decides to start practicing his signals while the pitch is being thrown. (laughs) Author Bruce Larson once put it like this. He said one of the greatest gifts that God can give to us is the gift of listening. Listening is the key to success and perhaps even survival in most relationships. You may have seen those those beautiful double-page magazine ads in which a a reputable business system company claims that it can, can teach the members of your firm how to listen. And they suggest that the art of listening leads to business success. And I don't know if they can deliver what they promise or not, but, but I'm convinced that every year many businesses will fail, not because their product is, is faulty or their service is poor, but because management and workers are not listening to each other. And I'm convinced that every year marriages will fail because two people who, even though they may be lovers, do not know how to listen to each other. And even the one who looks strong and adequate may be trying to say, help me, I'm frightened, I'm lonely. Every year there are parents and children who will begin an irreparable breach because of feelings that can't be put into words. And all the while family members speak past each other and a relationship begins to diminish. My friends, listening may be the most important sign of love that we can give. Samuel listened to the voice of the Lord and became a great man. And we too will become greater men and women if we will listen for the voice of the Lord speaking to us. And it is equally important that we listen to one another. The Lord came and stood there calling before, as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Let us sing together our closing hymn, number 486, Lord, Here I Am, all three verses.
are, Lord, like the young Samuel ministering in the temple, we are ready to serve. Like Jesus' first disciples, we are ready to follow. Like the early church, we are ready to glorify God. Here we are, Lord. We have heard your call. And now with the presence of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, may we carry that call into your world. Amen. Amen. Amen.